0: Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibault. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever Yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today's guest is actually someone pretty, you know what, his job is pretty unusual because he's a baker, basically. So uh, I want everyone to welcome Trevor Martin, CEO of Noms Bake Shop. So welcome to the show, Trevor.
1: Thanks, Both, Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's starting to get hot here in Phoenix, so we're uh, buckling down for the summer.
0: Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Apparently, like, uh, warmth kills the virus, so I think it's, uh, it's a great thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, real news or not, but yes <laughs> let's hope it does good we're not there to talk about that so um you know we we'll talk about like uh, how to use personalized gifts uh, in prospection but but before we go into that uh, can you maybe present yourself tell a little bit more about about you
1: sure yeah um as, as you said my name's uh, trevor martin um i own uh noms bake shop so we are a, a gifting company that specializes in b2b prospecting so um we deal with a lot of enterprise companies and platforms uh, that that aggregate companies that are interested in sending um, direct mail campaigns. And uh, we really have two sides of the business. We are the manufacturer, so we make the cookies. And um, then we do all the personal branding and customization in-house, which is kind of rare. So we do both of those things, which allow us to have um, a very fast turnaround time and serve our customers uh, typically a little bit better than our competitors.
0: Okay. Okay. I see. And so... um so so can you maybe tell me a bit more about your kind of like why you chose to to actually uh, manage the manufacturing process and the shipping process because for a lot of people they could have taken the i don't know drop shipping approach finding someone to provide the the uh, you know the, the, the goods and then you know they just put like a layer of uh, customization and send that to customers directly so why did you choose to go and manage the uh, the produ- production process uh, directly in house
1: uh, I wish I could tell you it was some stroke of genius, but it's really just stubbornness and a lack of insight <laughs> on my part. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, we, we, we really started the manufacturing process because, uh, and I guess I'll back up uh, as far as our, our story goes. So my dad was a computer programmer. Um, for American Express. And he retired. When he retired, he liked to make gift baskets filled with different cookies uh, for the neighborhood. And my in-laws, who are um, entrepreneurs here in Phoenix, when they got a hold of these, they said, you have to start selling these. You can start selling these in our call centers, uh, but people have to know about these gift baskets. And that was kind of the inception of this. So getting back to uh, why we, we chose the manufacturing over um, having somebody fulfill or co-pack um, was really the um, uh, product quality control, right? So we were, uh, we, we are very, very particular and very stringent on our, uh, on our quality control. And uh, by being the manufacturer that allows us to have complete control over that. So that was really the reason if I had to go back and do it again, I don't know that I would have done it this way, but uh, there, there's there's quite a, a large learning curve when it comes to owning a manufacturing facility um, and there's a lot of of uh, key performance indicators uh, that that are are unique to that industry and it uh, it's it's very difficult but now that we've now that we're over the learning curve i think it's 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 great for us
0: okay okay i see and so um so how did you did you actually when you started the, the company did you um, go with the, the business plan you have right now. So the, the business model that you have right now, where you wanted to serve this specific market, or was it something coming later?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. We we always had the intention of serving B two B, and that really started with uh, watching my in laws receive gifts. Like I said, they're executives here in the in the valley, and they probably receive. I would say ten to fifteen thousand dollars worth of gift baskets at the, at the end of uh, every year, and yeah, we always yeah. found it fascinating that a a lot of these didn't get opened. Right, they were being sent out of obligation from their partners. Right, everybody mm-hmm. has to send holiday gifts, and the quality wasn't very very good on any of them. So um, that that was another a push for for us. Uh, you know, uh, doing this was realizing hey, there's an opening here to actually provide something that um your recipient wants to consume so uh yeah that 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 was a, a motivating factor for um going to uh, you know focusing on b2b that and um uh, the b2b orders are, are a lot larger so instead of you know uh we, we appreciate our, our b2c customers um of course <clears throat> but our b2b customers um, are, are the ones that are placing, you know, orders for a hundred boxes, a thousand boxes to go out at a time, and it's it's about the same amount of effort um, from the term in terms of a sales process for that kind of order. So it really makes sense to focus on the the B two B clients.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's really. It's freaking genius to think this way because most people, you know, like who will start, I don't know, like owning like a bake shop or whatever. They will, you know, want to, I don't know, open a small cupcake shop and then sell it, you know, to the neighborhood and it's great. And um, the problem is it's very B2C and, you know, it's not very like original or different from the rest. But in your case, as you said, like you go, you find that you also own the distribution, you know. So it's like there's some people who will produce, I don't know. In France, for example, there's a, a brand called uh, Michel et Augustin. They do cookies, and uh, and they and there, you know, and, and mostly how you distribute that is through uh, retailer, like uh, big grocery shops. And what they do, I guess you know about that. They squeeze you like crazy, and then you 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 kind of lose crazy amounts of of, of money, or mean, your margin is kind of cut by them. And uh, I guess in your case, it's very different because you are taking care of sales, you're taking care of production, and you actually are addressing a market that is totally different than just the uh, small cupcake buyer, you know, in, a, in, the, in your local area. So I think it's pretty, pretty smart.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's, uh, you know, it, we, we really started uh, with the direct-to-consumer model uh, and, and the consumer um, sometimes being... Of uh, you know somebody buying cookies for their grandma, or you know that consumer could be a marketer at an enterprise company, and um, that's allowed us to uh, stay out of the wholesale and, and uh, the, the, the wholesale retail market, where you know we're selling products for um, you know a lot less, and um, our margins are are a lot less. And like you said, you can get squeezed by your distributors, and so by by doing the direct consumer. We're not only able to keep our our prices a little bit lower, but we we have a lot more control over our margins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. great. And so in terms of um, of prospection and cold outreach, so do you have any best practices to share when you are running a multi-channel campaign?
1: Yes. Yeah, this is (laughs) there's there's a lot to unpack here. Right. So. Um, I don't claim to be a sales expert. I don't claim to be a marketing expert. I want to be very clear with that. Um, I'm I'm learning just like the the rest of us as far as best practices. But what I do know is gifting, right? So I see a lot of um, I see a lot of gifts come come in and out. We use our own gifts to prospect, so we're in a really unique position, uh, right? As far as a perspective because we get to find out what works and what doesn't and we're sending out our own product. So if the client likes it, you we say, well, that's the product right there. So if you want it, here it is. Um, so uh, there's, there's really five steps that we've identified to running a successful um, uh, gifting uh, campaign. And the, the first one is choosing the right gift, right? So at its core, you have to remember why you're sending this gift. You're sending it to cut through the noise, right? Um, so you wanna keep your branding really clean and simple. Um, the the key here is, and this is kind of as a whole for marketing and sales in general, is you need to treat these outreaches as a one-to-one approach and not a one-to-many approach. Uh, does that make sense?
0: That does actually, yep. Yeah.
1: OK, um, so and, and I guess a, a great example of this is we've all been on LinkedIn. Right. And um, if you receive a direct uh, in mail message and you know that it's automated, I mean, I don't even respond uh, to those. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't even give them the, the time of day to. I actually
0: um, I actually screen capture them and do posts about them. So I have a series right. every Tuesday where I share the bad practices around like people using in mail or sending automated stuff. Because it's just the worst, you know.
1: <laughs> I've actually seen a couple of those from you. I, I, I forgot that that, <clears throat> excuse me, I forgot that that was you that did that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> no worries. It's, it's, we, we can, um, we, we sniff that out immediately. We can yeah. tell in authenticity, right? And so uh, people can immediately tell when they're just a small part of a mass marketing campaign. It feels inauthentic, which negates yeah. the entire point of sending the gift. Um, So the way we accomplish this is through personalization, right? And so uh, whoever you choose for a vendor, you're going to want to make sure that they can personalize the gift. And what we do at Noms Bake Shop is we allow for um, the prospect's name on the outside of the box. So there is no mistake that the person sending this uh, spent the time uh, to put that person, this this gift was directly for them, right? They didn't send out a hundred box of cookies to a list of a hundred people and just kind of a spray and pray and hope method. This was mm-hmm. very intentional. So um, that's that's really the, the, the first step is choosing the right gift. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no I, I said yes. Yeah, that's uh, okay. totally agree with you. It's like, and you know, make you know, yeah, it's. I've seen actually campaigns where you send you know also cookies, but like more, you know, where there's nothing personalized. You know, like uh, I used to see that when I was working in another company, and yeah, the answer rate were not that great. So yeah, first step, yeah, personalization very important.
1: It's it's a nice gesture, but ultimately, uh, if you're going to if if you're gonna take the trouble and spend the time and the money, you might as well personalize it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the the second um, second step is creating a great gift note uh, or touch point. Now this is where I see people fail the most. This is where I see inexperienced SDRs and marketers just fall flat. Um, the best advice I can give you here is keep it short, and simple, and to the point. So we have a three hundred character max uh, on our uh, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, now granted, you can reach out to us and we can we'll write you a novel in the gift note if you really want. Um, but that's not the point of this gift note, and that's not the point of gift. You don't want to do your selling in the gift note. Um, we see this all the time. Um, and the key here is remember the law of reciprocity, right? When, um, you know, people naturally want to help someone out who selflessly helped them out first. So if you receive a gift and it was just, you know, hey, I wanted this to brighten your Thursday, you know, um, you know have, have, a, have a great day. Um, and there's, and you know, obviously when, when you receive a, a gift from somebody trying to prospect you, you know, there's intent, you know, there's intention yeah. behind it. So, uh, but you know, when you don't do the selling immediately in the gift note, it does come, come across as a little bit more authentic. Yeah. So the two things we say here in the gift note, uh, the two things we want to include is the reason for reaching out, you know, and whether that just might be, Hey, just want to brighten your day or you know hey i'd really like to have a meeting with you you know some type yeah. of call to action uh, or it can be a call to action um and then your contact info you would be surprised how many people um don't include uh, a business card don't include an yeah. email the phone number some people don't even it, we, we it's, it's probably about five percent of people don't even include their name and so <laughs> people you these mystery gift by hey this these are really nice cookies you know and then they'd have to know for the next few days for this person to reach out to them
0: yeah okay
1: So that's that that's uh the the gift note right there we um that that's probably the biggest room for improvement for most people now the 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 third step is creating a sending strategy um now there's a lot to consider here um Really, it it depends on the vendor or the the, or the it's really the vendor or the platform and the vendor that you're using. So your vendor uh, turnaround time for personally branded items, we talked about wanting to personalize uh, everything, it's going to have a a much higher conversion, Um, you need to talk to your vendor about what that means, because a lot of personally branded items take a week two weeks three weeks uh if you if you want to do like video boxes it can be six or eight weeks Mm -hmm. so when you're creating a a sending strategy you want to figure out okay what's what's the turnaround time for this um and another thing is uh the perishable items right so we just we just talked about how hot it is in phoenix here um you're sending perishable items you know by the time it gets to wherever it's going um you want to be mindful of the summer heat or um on opposite in the winter if if uh if the cold will affect it right yeah um and then which shipping provider your vendor is going to use and why um that this this is uh very important because it's going to impact your overall cost of your campaign and it's going to uh, affect the time in transit Right. So we actually switched over to USPS priority because I can get everywhere. Uh, I like I get to New York uh, in two days from yeah. Phoenix, which is across. The, I mean, that's probably twenty five hundred miles easy and in, in two days. Whereas with UPS ground, that's the same price. And that took seven days. Yeah. So time in transit is huge. Uh, which brings me to my next point: is tracking, right? So, if, if you're uh, you want to make sure that um, your vendor is providing really great uh, tracking information, um, and the and the uh, shipping provider that they use provides accurate tracking information, because that's how you're going to initiate the next part. The next part of this is the follow up. Um, and one one uh, very interesting uh, thing to um, uh, consider here is uh, something called a return to sender. Do you know what a uh, return to sender is?
0: I guess it's when it didn't actually arrive, it comes back to the sender or?
1: That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, which, which creates a really difficult situation for companies like ours because um, a, a client will come to us and they will have purchased a list of people. And yeah. um, say, I want to send out boxes to these hundred people. I think they are at these one hundred dr- addresses. They might, depending on where they're at in the stage funnel, they might not have even talked to them yet. And so, we will fulfill. We will send out a box of perishable items, and then they will get returned to us. And so, this kind of leaves um, uh, companies like ours in a bad situation because um, the client gave us bad data. We fulfilled, um, you know, what we were supposed to do. Um, but ultimately, there was no value for the sender, so you definitely definitely want to ask your vendor how they handle return to senders. so we have a policy here um, for prospecting campaigns um, we, we don't do any refunds so if you want to uh, you we, we really encourage you to check your data first um, uh, and that's uh that that's what a return to sender is so definitely definitely check on that. Um, okay. And uh, the, the the last thing I'll say on creating a sending strategy is out the door cost, right? So the whole the whole point of this is increasing your ROI for your your sales campaigns. So uh, there are a lot of hidden fees, uh, like storage fees, if you're using a platform and they're warehousing branded mm-hmm. product for you. So always ask if what the out the door costs. are you are you charging me for you know um, minimums and all that stuff, warehousing. Um, so, uh, when you consider all those things, that'll help you come up with a really great sending strategy after you've chosen your gift. Um, the, the next step is a follow-up process. Okay. So, um, when you, when you, uh, you're going to want to follow up with them. And I, I want to, I want to, I'm just curious to to know. Um, we, so we send out boxes, uh, to prospect for our company, Tebow and, what percentage of people, um, if I don't reach out to them within five or six days, what percentage of people do you think will reach out
0: and thank me? Um, so if they send, you send like a box that is customized with the note and you follow your sending strategy, right? Correct. Then, okay. I don't,
1: and I, I don't do any follow-up. How, mm. what, what percentage of people do you think will reach out and thank me?
0: I don't know. I'd say maybe 20%. You're absolutely right.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> So the the whole the the point of this is don't wait for them to reach out and thank yeah. you because statistically they won't right so yeah. about it's about seventy eight percent of people um uh, won't won't do that okay. um so you want to utilize tracking numbers provided by your vendor to know when to initiate your next steps right your follow ups your calls. Um, and you really want to catch them during that honeymoon period of 48 hours within receiving the gift, right? That's what we consider best practices. Um, you know, try to make contact two days after, after that, um, which, which really, um, you know, uh, makes you want to think, okay, when are you sending the gift? So um, for our prospecting efforts, we send out, we typically send out everything on a Monday or a Tuesday. And we do this because the majority of our sends are, um, arriving one to three days transit time. So that means every, if, if we send out on Monday or Tuesday, it's going to be arriving, you know, Tuesday through Thursday, the majority yeah. of that, that gives us, um, it's really tough to follow up on a Friday. We've all seen the statistics of close rates for salespeople mm-hmm. on a Friday. It's, it's pretty dismal. Um, so, um, uh, you know, and, and, and the last step here is make sure you're tracking, uh, make sure your gift vendor is using good tracking information. Mm-hmm. So you so in reporting, so you can appropriately time your follow up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the the last The last piece of advice for an actual sending uh, campaign strategy is, is what we consider step five, and that's tracking your campaign, right? That's analyzing everything. So um, you want to track. You know, tracking your close rates will allow you to learn where in your sales funnel it makes sense to incorporate gifting. Now, for a large software as a service company, where there is a, a twenty five thousand dollar deal or a fifty thousand dollar deal at the end of the line, it might make sense to send out a fifty dollar gift to hundred people. Yeah. And if they close one of those, then that's great. So that's that might be top of the funnel, or it might be somewhere you know a little bit further down the line, right? It, you know, the person has shown interest, and maybe there was a fallout, and maybe you know you're using this to reinitiate them, uh, you know, back in. So. Mm-hmm. Um, But incorporating gifting into your your sales process can drastically increase your close rates, but it can also quickly raise the client acquisition costs and Mm -hmm. decrease overall campaign return on investment if you're not careful. So there's three three ways to track your campaign. And the first way is platforms, right? So uh, we've we've probably all heard of Sendoso at this Mm -hmm. point. Uh, ReachDesk is another uh, company that's actually based over in Europe that's coming over here this year and uh, Postal.io uh, is another uh, another uh, platform. Now these platforms most of them I think have CRM plugins um, they'll do like um, uh, some of them will do warehousing and, and, and branding and, and, and set up and some of them have uh, lower cost um, uh, options but that is the drawback there's the cost right? A lot yeah. of, to get into platforms it can be $20,000 up front, uh, oh. which really, you know, it's that kind of doesn't allow for, it's not, it's not uh, conducive to small and medium-sized businesses, right? That really only opens it up to enterprise companies. Yeah. So that's the drawback of using a platform. The other, uh, uh, the, the second way to track this is through your CRM, right? So a lot of us use uh, CRM deal stages to track uh, specific deals going through the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And so um, another way to track it, an actual send uh, would be creating a separate deal stage saying, hey, this person has received a gift on this particular date. And then you can run reports. Um, where I do see this not work is um, is being careful how this information is stored. So if you save it as a note or an activity um, or a property, sometimes it can be hard to run the reports and get the information yeah. you need. I mean, the specific ROI. Um, and the, the, the third way to do it is a spreadsheet. Um, and, and and that's, that's the way we did it for a very long time. We've got a simple example, you know, of a spreadsheet, um, um, on our website that that you can use to kind of help. Um, and, uh, that's, that's obviously a very low cost method and it's it's very effective. Um, now, um, I've, I've been talking for a long time. I'm, I'm sick of hearing myself talk. I, 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 (laughs) Uh, I, I know I just threw a lot of information at you. Um, uh, do you have any questions on anything that I just sent sent your way?
0: So, no, no, not not really questions, more observations. So, I think it's really good that you shared this 5 steps process because it's super important. Um, and as you said, you know, the CAC can be pretty high. So, I think it's very adapted for key customers or, you know, key accounts and if you're working on enterprise. But overall, the concept is like – it's something you said that is um, – it 's this law of reciprocity you know it 's a great way to break a pattern to it 's a pattern interrupt basically sending a box and uh, sending something customized and as you said you know you 're providing value so and uh, you know as you said, people when they receive that, they know you know there 's an intent behind, but as you 've created this kind of uh, of depth you know it 's like, it's like reciprocity depth people when they, they, they like if you do a small you know quick follow up or this kind of thing, people will answer just because they, you know they want to thank you for this kind of effort. And often it's the best way to start a conversation. That's why I'm doing a podcast. That's why I'm doing like so so many things and providing so, value, so much value up front is because it's the best way to actually get the attention of someone is to not ask like for five minutes of their time, but just like provide value at every touch point. And I think like uh, sending, you know, like uh, customized gifts with like a really well-thought note is something that that is really a great way to get that. So no, I, th- I think it's it's perfect. And what I really like is also I didn't think you would you would come up with a strategy like that. For me, I was just like, okay, hey, I send the box, and then we'll see how it goes. But as you said, you need to send your box. Then there's so many other things that you have to think about, and not especially the follow-up. So because even if your you know it's like even if your gift and you know, arrives at a good time and someone's like, wow, that's amazing, most likely what's going to happen, someone will will drag them out of the room and then they will just forget about it. You know, they will just like focus going to another meeting and. And then they will just forget about that. And so I think that's why the follow up signs were important. So maybe a question from that. So how do you what kind of follow ups do you do when you know when uh, like what kind of message would you recommend sending after sending a box?
1: Yeah, that's I, and I couldn't have said all of that better myself. So in terms of follow ups, um, we, we kind of have a, a two pronged strategy. Um, You know the the last and and i'm not again i'm not a great salesperson and i think that will probably show through in some of this advice but i don't like bothering people where we are not a good fit Mm -hmm. right i don't want to i I, you know even even though if if i if i send you a box of cookies and i think that you could really utilize our service you know i I, i'm not going to reach out six seven eight times Mm -hmm. um but uh you know i i really just don't like bothering people but uh, in terms of follow up, we typically have like a three email cadence um, and um, one of the interesting things that we've done is we've we, we utilize uh, custom branded landing pages uh, mm-hmm. to track engagement so now that that can be used um, you know through any industry, any company uh, you know to do that. so that's something that that we've been using. but the other tool that we really use for a follow up and staying top of mind, excuse me, is actually our wood boxes so um, one of the things that we're known for uh, are these custom wood boxes. So um, our clients will come to us and, and you can have anything etched on these. You can have logos, names, photographs. Um, and so some clients will choose to have their logo sent out and some clients will choose to have their recipient's logo and their recipient's name on the box. So I mean, you talk about oppression and impression, and you talk about um, staying top of mind. Uh, you send this person a wood box. Uh, people don't throw away wood boxes for the yeah. most part. So this, this is a slide top box. And so, if 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 your prospects sends you a box with your logo on it and your name you're going to keep that around. And for yeah. the most part, you're, you know, you're going to be pretty happy. And, uh, you know, when you receive that and you, you can repurpose it to store office supplies, whatever, it's probably going to hang out in your office for the next year, two years, three yeah. years or longer. And for the most part, we found that um, the recipients of these boxes do remember, you know, even if it doesn't have uh, the, the sender's logo on it, the recipient does remember who sent it. So it's a yeah. very powerful, to uh you know to follow up and stay top of mind. And
0: yeah. have you seen the series The Crown?
1: Uh no, no, I haven't. But okay, it's uh, a series uh, on
0: Net- on Netflix that that talks about the um the Queen Elizabeth. And uh, at some point, you know, like the, the Queen and the King, every day they receive like a uh red box, you know, where they have all the papers they need to sign. And it says the Queen or the King. The, the, sorry, the, the sorry the King or the Queen. So that could be a, a fun little edition you could do where you send these to people and you have the king and then the logo on top and it's a red box. <laughs> Just an idea. That's, up.
1: that's fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll have to look into that. We're always looking for a creative <laughs> way to utilize our wood boxes. So that's, uh, that's a great idea.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I would love receiving that. I would say, Oh, I'm the king. You know, pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so you, you also told me a bit before that, with the uh, you know, a lot of people now working from home and, and being stuck there, um, you couldn't really, in like you had to change and find personal addresses because normally you send to headquarters, it's pretty easy to find, but now you need to find private uh, addresses. So, how did you address this challenge?
1: And we're still working it out, uh, just like everybody else and anybody else right now. It's 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 what it's 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 May in 2020 with all the COVID stuff going on. This got thrown on us immediately. There were a couple of people in our industry that that had um, programs in place to um, to deal with this beforehand, but not 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 very effectively. And everybody in our industry is still trying to figure this out. So um, to, to recap, the main problem here is uh, the entire workforce for the most part and a lot of corporate America is working from home. And when you are doing um, some prospecting, especially top of the funnel, uh, out cold outreach, a lot of people don't feel comfortable. uh, And what we found is it's especially women don't feel comfortable giving their address to a stranger obviously mm-hmm. or even a, a company um you know it, even well-known companies um it's it's sometimes uh very difficult to to get that even though mm-hmm. you know you say, hey i've got a really nice box i want to send you it's absolutely free there's no obligation you can say what you can say it until you're blue in the face people are very hesitant about giving out their personal information so uh, what we've developed over the past two months that is starting to become pretty effective is a is a two stage uh, approach. The first stage is optional, so that um, uh, that involves us sending out an email on our client's behalf, and it says, "Hey, so and so from XYZ Company um, has um, has sent you a gift. Click here to um, click here to, to redeem the gift." and uh, obviously it's a little bit more eloquent than that, um, yeah. but uh, that's the step one, that's, that's optional. And why I say that's optional is uh, step two is, is the address verification form. So, so we actually use HubSpot as a landing page and um, we custom brand it for our clients. So we can either give our clients the link to this step two, this landing page, and they can send it out to their clients or they can have us do step one for us, which is the email outreach and the address verification. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of this two-pronged approach where um, either we as Noms Bake Shop or our clients reach out to their prospects we send them a link to this landing page and say, hey, you've got a gift waiting for you. All we need to know is where to send it, right? Where are you going to be next week? Where are you going to be this week? And um and, and so far that's worked pretty well. Now okay. um, unfortunately I can't uh I can't give you uh the um the open rates as as a whole because they vary so widely yeah. and that's very helpful of this industry, right? Because we have we have customers that are dealing with warm prospects. And so they will get close to a 100% open rate from us yeah. and might get over, you know, a 50, 60, 70%, 70% submission rate. And then we have other clients where they're, they're sending this email out to 500 people mm-hmm. and we might get a, a 20% or a 30% open rate, and we might get a 6% form um, submission. So it really yeah. depends on your with the prospect as far as what kind of open rates and and, and submission rates we get with this form. But uh, so far our clients, um, you know, I think all of our clients have run more than one campaign with us. So it's, okay. I, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's successful for them.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's something that also brings a very interesting point is you're not forced to do that, to use that only for cold outreach. It's also when you're, you know, working on a deal that is, you know, just like that is ongoing. You can send that, you know, as like a, another nudge, another kind of piece of value in the middle of the deal. So I think it's a great point there too.
1: Thank you. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right.
0: Okay. Okay. So um, yeah, I think we're, we're nearing the end of, the, uh, of our time there. So now I just wanted to uh, give you a bit of, uh, of time to actually talk about anything you want to talk about. If you have like hiring or you know, pitching or whatever, you have some time to say anything you want to say.
1: Um yeah, well, it's <laughs> um, you know, if, if obviously if any of this stuff interested um, you know, you and, and you feel like this applies, um, we, we really we cater to small and medium-sized businesses, even though we're set up to do um set up to um help enterprise um marketing and sales teams. So um if if you have a need, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh again, my name's Trevor, T-R-E-B-O-R at getnoms.com. Um, we do have a discount code for the listeners of this podcast. It's B2B Sales Podcast. Um, We are launching a new website in in August um, that is going to be uh, a lot better for uh, B2B prospecting. The current website is uh, more of a consumer site. Um, You can also go to getnoms.com, which is our URL, backslash uh, the number five dash steps to to download um, the five steps that I talked about, which is really great to have somebody that's, that's new coming through um, uh, the gifting process to make sure that you haven't forgotten uh, any of the steps. But feel free to reach out to me personally. Feel free to reach out to the company if you have any questions on um, getting started on, on gifting and we, we'd be happy to walk you through the process.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll include all these links. Thanks a lot for the, the discount for my, my audience. That's pretty cool. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so I guess, uh, yeah, people can also find you on LinkedIn or are you active on LinkedIn? Yes, I'm
1: very active on LinkedIn. Okay. We're actually starting a, a video series as well. Uh, so, um, uh, yep. So uh, find me on LinkedIn, Trevor Martin, CEO, of Noms Bake Shop.
0: Okay, great. So, yeah, perfect. So i linked to all these links. Uh, Trevor, thanks a lot for, for coming on the show. That was super interesting and super tactical. So I think people will be really excited to, uh, to get started with that. And, um, yeah, I hope uh, you know, I hope I get to meet you in person when I come to the U.S. And, yeah, thanks for coming on the show.
1: It's my pleasure, Tebo. Thanks for having me. Thanks.